I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Four seasons, over 30 incredible guests, hundreds of podcast recommendations. I'm your host, Laura Whitmore, and in this special series of Castaway, we'll bring you the best bits from our back catalogue, sharing those golden castaway moments and throwing in those bingeable podcast picks we're all hungry for along the way. Welcome to Castaway, the best bits. So in this week's episode, we're going to explore the dark and nefarious world of true crime, one of the most popular genres of podcasting around. I mean, why does it seem to be that we all love the grisly detail of a true crime pod? I mean, actually, maybe don't answer that. And now perhaps this week's team of Sinister Sleuths can cast some light on the shady realm of the podcast universe. We're going to be kicking off with two people who love the genre so much that they only went and made their own award-winning true crime podcast, so they did. It's called Red Handed. So you know that any recommendations that they have are definitely worth checking out. Here are Hannah and Saruthi discussing one of their personal favourites. I want to talk about how you guys got together because you met at a party. We did. I was living in a property guardianship in Poplar in East London. Like just You're so cool. Well, well, it's just because I had no money, Laura, honestly. I was living with an American who decided he wanted to do a, a vegan Thanksgiving party, but didn't want to cook any of it himself. I had to do it. And we also had... <laughs> Another guy who was sleeping on the sofa, who was Saru's childhood friend. And he was like, oh, my friend's just come back from traveling. Like, can she come too? And I was like, well, I'm already cooking for like 13 people. Like, it doesn't matter, whatever. Was really quite salty about it. And then Saru showed up and it was like what you imagine meeting the love of your life to be like. It was this instant chemistry and connection. And four years ago when we met each other... Not that many people were listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So to find, to meet someone who was A, listening to podcasts as much as I was. And then as we went on to discover listening to the very niche true crime podcasts that we were both listening to felt like this like seminal moment. So that night we decided that we were going to start our own true crime podcast, knowing absolutely nothing about each other. <laughs> and against the odds, we did. Well, let's talk about where it is today. It did start in 2017, but today Red Handed is an internationally renowned podcast. Thousands of self-proclaimed spooky bitches <laughs> turning in every week. Great comments always underneath. And uh, I think one of the first ones I listened to, because I do love... I do love a true crime, but I also have to be careful when I listen to them. Like, I can't listen to them before I go to sleep because then I don't sleep. That's very wise. And I've had that before where my other half is like, why are you like, stop listening before you go to bed? You know what's going to happen. But what you guys, um, compared to like the serials and I've just listened to Paradise recently, which is quite heavy. Mm-hmm. Like there's light in there too. You do find the light in it. I think one of the first ones I listened to was like a love triangle where this girl, Sadie Hartley, she was brutally murdered and there's this like you know it's a really 
horrific story but like during it there's one scene where like you know th- someone had come to her house the week before <laughs> with flowers and then I, I remember which one of you come in I think it was Hannah or something comes yeah. in going oh god I hate when someone buys your flowers from like a cheap garage <laughs> and I'm like I love it so by this time Ian has come back from Switzerland and finally the police get some real leads from him Ian tells them that when he spoke to Sadie during the week, she had been worried because of something that happened the Tuesday before. So pretty much the day that Ian had left for Switzerland. Someone had knocked on the door of the house and when Sadie opened it, it was a person in a baseball cap who handed her a cheap bunch of flowers. I find it so offensive when someone clearly brings flowers to your house that they bought at a fucking petrol station. Like, I find it so offensive especially if it's a fucking well exactly that's even but you know if it's your boyfriend and you've fallen out and he's done something wrong and he clearly just at the last minute picks up a bunch of flowers at the petrol station i literally would rather you like never returned again rather than gave me flowers from a petrol station anyway hannah i think i think you need to be more grateful not for petrol station flowers saruti i mean i'm not really a flowers kind of girl but this would kind of freak you the hell out some random person turns up at your house and just gives you a bunch of flowers. There's no note. They're clearly not florist flowers. It's a bunch of, like you said, petrol station flowers from a stranger with nothing. No note, no card. Yeah, it's terrifying. How important is it to have the light with the dark in there? Super important, but also wasn't intentional. Like when we started the show, we never set out to be a comedy true crime show. We just got lucky that we get on and we find the same things funny. And I think that it's no secret that laughing about something makes you feel better. And sometimes because we cover these, you know, horrendous people who've done truly horrendous things, sometimes it feels good to laugh about it. So we do. Mm. And everyone's doing it in their homes anyway. Well, let's move on to the first podcast on this list. And it's Root of Evil podcast. Tell me a little bit about this. Of course, a murder is involved. (laughs) Yes, quite definitely one murder. And then quite a lot of other horrible stuff as well happens in that podcast. This was actually possibly one of mine and Hannah's favorite podcasts from Mm -hmm. last year. I think we listened to this one in Romania, didn't we? Oh, we possibly did. And I probably listened to it again since. God, where do you start with this show? Laura, do you know the, the Black Dahlia murder case in the US, the, the famous sort of LA yeah, this is murder. A film. There is a film as well, yes, isn't there? exactly. Yeah. So I, I guess with Black Dahlia, they say it is one of the most famous murders in American history. It's, uh, it's been the 40s, wasn't it? Elizabeth Short. Elizabeth Short, yeah. exactly. And basically her body was found on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And this story of Root of Evil is essentially done by these two um women who are sisters who believe that the killer was their was it their great grandfather a man named George Hodel and it's just I I can't explain how riveting a show it is because it feels like such a personal story of these two sisters exploring generations of trauma Mm -hmm. stemming from one man in their family. A man they're related to as well. Because you guys talk about things that are, you know, you can talk about murders and when it's away from you, but to be involved in that way. Absolutely. And he is the root of evil, I guess, not to be too on the nose about it. But uh, it's about the trauma that he inflicts upon his children and then the the way in which that trauma sort of trickles down throughout the family, reaching all the way to them and how they believe that he was the culprit who murdered Elizabeth Short. And it is just such a fascinating insight into a family's personal tragedy, but also into a larger case of Elizabeth Short, which just, you know, gripped a nation at the time, and also into the police investigation and things like that. It's just 
a fascinating story. So did you guys listen to this one together first time? Yeah, we went to, for Saru's birthday a few years ago, we were like, let's just go and drive through Transylvania for a week. My birthday's also two days before Halloween. So we were like, Lovely. where's the creepiest place yeah. we can go? Let's go to Transylvania. So Romania, beautiful country, but everything is very, very spread out. And there's about three roads. So we would be driving for like upwards of four hours a day, sometimes six hours a day to like go and see all of the different stuff like Dracula's castle. And there's a salt mine where you can just go underground for no reason. So we did all of these really cool Romanian things, but also spent a lot of time in the car. So we listened to Roots of Evil together. And what's so wonderful about it is like, we tend not to do old and timey cases on the show, especially super famous ones like the Black Dahlia, because we don't feel like we have anything yeah. to offer because they've been done so many times and what possible addition could we make? But that's what's so amazing about Roots of Evil because they tell the story in terms of generational trauma. You f- you're feeling the effects as it's happening now. It doesn't feel like an old and timey case as you're listening to it. We couldn't dedicate an episode to crime without acknowledging the blockbuster podcast that is Serial. And it seems a lot of our guests felt the same. Here's singer of the Saturdays and host of her very own successful podcast, Open Mind, Frankie Bridge. Frankie revealed her very diverse podcast library and why she loves the thrill of the roller coaster ride that is a good, true crime show. With Serial, I like binge listened the whole first series because I just found it fascinating just the way that, I don't know, like investigations work and just that whole thing of the unknown. So everyone has a different theory and, you know, did he kill this girl or didn't he? And, you know, I love that thing of when you're listening or watching something like that, you're like, he definitely did it. He did it. He did it. And then you have the next episode and you're like, oh, maybe he didn't. And I I don't know. I just find it interesting that there's still in this day and age, there can still be cases that we just don't know either way. Nothing is ever as crazy as, as real life. Uh, with Serial, it comes from the creators of This American Life and S-Town, which we've talked about on this show before. And it's hosted by Sarah Koenig, who's a, a newspaper reporter. So she's got that kind of brain, that journalistic mm. brain. And what I love about that, and when you're on that journey, you don't know where it's going to end. And Sarah, who hosts the show, I don't think she knows how it's going to no. end. So you're kind of with her the whole way. And I don't think she knows at the end does she I think there's still that I mean no. he's in jail but you're still like is he innocent I just think it's it's fascinating almost 15 years ago on January 13th 1999 a girl named Heyman Lee disappeared she was a senior at Woodlawn High School in Baltimore County in Maryland she was Korean she was smart and beautiful and cheerful and a great athlete she played field hockey and lacrosse and she was responsible Right after school, she was supposed to pick up her little cousin from kindergarten and drop her home, but she didn't show. That's when Haley's family knew something was up, when the cousin's school called. About a month later, on February 9th, Hay's body was found in a big park in Baltimore, really a rambling forest. A maintenance guy who said he'd stopped to take a leak on his way to work discovered her there. He'd noticed a bit of her black hair poking out of a shallow grave. The cause of death was manual strangulation meaning someone did it with their hands. A couple weeks after that, so six weeks after she first went missing, Hay's ex-boyfriend, a guy named Adnan Sayed, was arrested for her murder. He's been in prison ever since. 
so interesting even looking at the criminal justice system over in the States. And I I haven't, I've only just started series three of serials. So I haven't uh, listened to it all. But this mm. kind of looks at ordinary cases, kind of extraordinary stories within ordinary cases and, and how the, the system works. And I think it starts yeah. off by saying something like, you know, you'd be better off just pleading guilty because you'll get less time. And the, the guy is completely adamant that oh, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, oh, maybe he is innocent and just how the system works because there's no such thing as black and white right or wrong it's kind of gray yeah yeah I think yeah especially over there I, I always I don't think I'd like to go on trial in America I think it's terrifying and obviously their outcomes are a lot more severe than ours Mm -hmm. because I think the second series it was about a woman that went missing as well wasn't it yeah yeah I never got the whole way through that one but even that it's like even with all our cameras and and social media and the way they can track people like how people can still just disappear off the face of the earth just blows my mind like how can that happen with everything that we have I just I don't understand it and you know how people deal with it I also go down the rabbit hole when I watch something or I listen to a podcast. I suddenly have my phone up as well, Googling about them. I, yes. I, I need to find out every single thing about them, like going in, seeing what else can I find online? Because maybe I can discover something that they haven't <laughs> found out. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it's because as well, these people, they pop up in our lives and we know mm-hmm. nothing about them. We've never heard of them before. So then you do, you just go down this rabbit hole of being obsessed with this one person or one situation. And I suppose we only know as much as anyone else knows but we do all think we're going to find like an extra little nugget of uh, information (laughs) now we have the iconic model and activist Monroe Bergdorf who shared her passion for the stories from everyday people and the importance of exploring these through different lenses in particular this choice explores the fascinating world of cults I want to talk about a podcast called Cults. Now, this is every Tuesday it comes out. And Greg and Vanessa, people might recognize, they co-host the podcast Serial Killers. And uh, they explore the history and uh, psychology behind the most notorious cults. At times, quite difficult to listen to, but fascinating, Monroe. Yeah, I'm just really interested by the human mind and how certain people um, end up in certain situations. And we're going to be talking about um, another person that's um, kind of captured the zeitgeist at the moment in a Mm -hmm. similar way. Um, But cults just really gets behind people that um, find a lot of the time find themselves as cult leaders, not necessarily set out to be cult leaders, but... um, yeah, it's just fascinating because when you hear about a cult, you I instantly think, I don't know about you, but I instantly think, how do people end up in these situations? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to get an insight into the history of the leaders and the history into the people that follow those people. I think that's what, what you've just kind of hit the nail on the head because sometimes when you hear the word cult, you, you kind of think cult is something that's there the whole time and then someone has uh, been placed as a victim and somehow been drawn into this because of whatever background they have. But then you kind of forget why the cult started in the first place and how it did happen. And and also looking at things from different perspectives is so interesting when it comes to this. Absolutely. And there's one with a woman who is subjected to a series of visions and she believes that they're visions from God. Mm-hmm. And then she later um, feels, oh, this is, this happens in like the 1700s. So she later feels pregnant and then 
tells everybody that she uh, is carrying the second coming after Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, really interesting because some of her visions actually come true. Um, Like she predicts that England's going to go to war with France and they do, and that a bishop's going to die and then he dies. And then she predicts that she's going to be giving birth to the second coming through immaculate conception as well. And then she needs to get married. So it's really, really interesting. But what I find more interesting is the way that what she says is received and also how it's received by men. And what does the second coming look like in their eyes, you know? And it was purely for the fact that she was a woman that they were resistant to her. And then they labeled her a heretic and that she was um, a channel for the devil. So I think that what interests me really about this podcast is getting behind the cults Mm -hmm. and it's not just really about the cults it's about how society reacts to those cults and how we react to different people based on who they are and maybe what gender they are what sexuality they are what race they are and how identity really does play a big part in cults have you ever wondered what kind of person joins a cult Or maybe, how do cult leaders manipulate their followers? If that's the case, you've got to check out our new podcast, Cults. I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. You may know us from the podcast Serial Killers. Now we're bringing our fascination with murder psychology to a new show, Cults. On Cults, we'll look at groups like the Manson Family, Breatharianism, and Heaven's Gate. So join us every Tuesday as we investigate the crimes of cults and their leaders. I think even the word cult itself, um, there's a lot of confusion around it because it, that word is used quite a lot to describe different communities and different groups of people. Um, yeah. Especially, like obviously there's those severe cases, but sometimes the word cult, I've heard it thrown about when it's just a group of people who someone doesn't understand. For sure, definitely. And um, this podcast doesn't just focus just on cults as we know it. I'm addicted to cult documentaries on Netflix, like Holy Hell, which is Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. And Wild Wild Country is amazing, but they're very much like the traditional idea of a cult. But um, this podcast focuses on anybody who has a following. And if you look at like how society is now with regards to like Instagram, we've all got yeah. our own followings and we're all pushing our own narratives and what we believe to be true, which is what these people were doing. But it just happens to be in a different time when religion really did, was at the forefront of people's minds. Uh, that's cult. It's part of the podcast network. Um, and uh, there's there's loads up there. There's loads to listen to. I'm just wondering, when do you listen to them? Because some of them are quite heavy and some of the things that uh, yeah. a lot of the people involved, they go through quite a lot. And there's a lot of things which aren't very nice. I'm just, do you listen to this before you go to bed? Because I'm just thinking oh, wild dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually listening last night uh, before I went to bed. Um, and then I was like, oh, God, this is why I stopped doing this. <laughs> because it was just, it just, I, I had my feet hanging over the end of the bed and I remember just like pulling them in because it's just a little bit too much at night. So I would recommend listening in the morning over <laughs> yeah. if you're a little dark, morbid person like me, <laughs> like to listen to cults over breakfast, uh, maybe not at night time. They are quite full on. And if you get the spooks like me, maybe don't listen alone. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Next up is our first American to ever join us on Castaway, singer, one-fifth of NSYNC, and podcast host in his own right, Mr. Lance Bass, who, it turns out, loves a good murder story as we all do. Check it out. Another podcast that was made into a TV series, I know we took S-Times onto a movie, Dirty John, oh, yeah. was launched in 2017, but that was huge. Like I remember just reading about that in the paper mm-hmm. because, I mean, I don't want to really give too much away, but yeah. the story I mean, it's crazy. That. And it's, it's, it's insane that there's so many real stories like this that happen all the time. Can make up real life. I mean, these con men that, you know, come in and just how they have... You know, you hear the ones that have four different family units around the country. Like, mm. how do you how do you keep that straight? That is a, a pathological just person. I can't even do like one person's life at the moment. Uh, how imagine? do you have three you know, or four I lives? dated someone that I lived with yeah. for, you know, two years and found out they were dating three other people and had three other like full on relationships as we were living together. How does one have the time? I have no idea. I had, not going to name any names, but one of my friends was dating a guy who we loved. They were about to move in together. Mm-hmm. And we were all out for dinner with these other friends. And then we were both talking about our friend's boyfriend. And yeah. one of the girls lived in LA. We live in London. And I, you know, talking about my friend's boyfriend, who's great and works in the music industry. And she's talking about her friend's boyfriend. And then we realized both the boyfriends were the same people. No. But the friends were different. How do they think they can get away with, especially now? I mean, maybe, you know, when there was no cell phones and social media, you could get away with a lot. But now everyone's taking pictures. Everyone's sharing information. You can't get away with anything. Dory, tell me a little bit about Dirty John without giving away too much. You can give well, away. People yeah, know a bit about this, uh, this guy, well, I don't want to give too much away. So John, you know, meets this woman. They get married. He, um, She has a daughter that does not trust him at all. And That's kind of normal. A lot of daughters don't trust the new right. man coming in. Well, uh, she ended up being right because, again, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, she ends up doing something to him. <laughs> now, not to be worried about you, but mm-hmm. another one that you picked was my favorite murder. I'm sensing I know, a, a I know. dark Is there a theme, theme here. here? <laughs> Everyone's into murder. I don't know why. It, you know, my assistant, Lisa, She we call her Giggles on my show. She's the one who really got me into all of this, you know, the, the murder scene, especially with podcasts and television shows. Um, But it is fascinating because, I don't know, maybe I watch it just so that I'm more aware of my surroundings and see... (laughs) Of potential killers? Yeah, I can, like, recognize, like, nope, I know this. I know this type of person. Do you think it's made you more uneasy as a person? No, not really. Not really. But it does make me more aware. Nah. I don't trust as much as I used to trust. (laughs) And yet you're in a soundproof booth with just me and you've never met me before, Lance. Oh, my God, here we are. (laughs) My favorite murder, uh, what I really like about this, and this was a new one for me, mm-hmm. is kind of sometimes finding 
the humor right. in the darkest points because this is a true crime comedy podcast. Right. And that's why I love these girls. They uh, So tell me about the girls. So it's it's Karen and it's Georgia. Mm-hmm. Right. Um they're fun. They just came out with a book which I just started and it's it's great. The way that they write is so funny cuz one of them is actually uh, a comedy writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what show she does in America. Um but she uh is just incredible to listen to and also to read and with such a heavy subject of murder and serial killers they do it in such a funny way that you you need that laugh you need that chuckle to kind of like whew, relief you know the stress a little bit mm-hmm. is there any particular murder that you that kind of jumped out at you that you particularly like what's uh, your favorite type of murder my favorite would it murder be talk poison would it be stabbing what would you like nothing beats a good ted bundy talk with these girls and they do it so well. So if you don't know much about Ted Bundy or you're just a Ted Bundy freak, this will be one of the best podcast listens you've ever heard. I don't know if you knew this, but the actual the two girls, they met at a Halloween party back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and basically Karen was describing a brutal accident she had oh, yeah. witnessed. Oh, they wouldn't um, stop talking about murder, yeah. They, were, just, they kept talking <laughs> yeah. about it. She was talking about this drunk driver who was plowed into a crowd of people at this media conference and festival in South by Southwest. I mean, mm-hmm. terrible, devastating story. But she was so into talking about it that then um, Georgia went up to her. And was like, this is really interesting. And all they did was talk about murder all night. Mm-hmm. And then they thought, let's do a podcast out yeah, of this. Yeah, well, they would meet up for coffee. And they would literally just go to get coffee and just to talk about murder. <laughs> and then they were eventually like, well, why don't we just do this as a podcast? This is fun. Why do we like murder so much, Lance? Um, Because we feel better about ourselves when you look at other people's tragedy. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's why, that's why tabloids are huge. And we love celebrity gossip because... You just feel a little better about yourself when someone else is going through something bad. Isn't that sad? It, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to look at it that way, but it is kind of yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it just yeah, makes you feel better about yourself. It's like, at least I'm not going through that. At I thought I'm my life was alive. crap, but at least I'm alive. And last but not least, we just had to round off today's with the self-confessed true crime addict, comedian Sarah Pascoe, whose podcast listening list was the definition of gallows humor. I leave her to explain it all. When I got the list of the podcasts that you'd like to recommend mm. on this podcast, yeah. I mean, times can I say podcast? Mm. I was like, oh, that's there's a lot of true crime. There's yes. a lot of murder there. Yeah, a lot of murder. Yeah. I could have just done murder podcasts. And it's actually very rare that I'm really into something that doesn't have murder in it. Is that something you've kind of grown up with always? I think I really loved in? it. Do you remember, did you have the magazine 14 Times no. in Ireland? Um, so this magazine, my my mum's twin sister used to have it and she used to look after us a lot. And so it was a magazine that was all about a kind of, I guess, like spooky things and the occult. But it would have pictures of dead bodies in and stuff like the that. real pictures? Or, or t- yeah. How or, old were you when you were looking? Well, well, so probably from like seven, eight, nine. Okay. And so there, I went through this phase of life of like being very fascinated with certain things. And then I think I forgot all about it until I started listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And the first one... Oh, this is what this was actually the whole story. I saw Freya from um, Lazy Susan mm-hmm. on the North London line. She was laughing to herself, <laughs> just laughing <laughs> like a mad woman. Headphones were in, yeah, I'm hoping. He- yeah, so headphones were in. And I interrupted her and she said, I'm so sorry, I'm just really laughing to myself. Um, do you listen to my favourite murder? And I was like, what's your favourite murder? I thought she was telling me about her favourite <laughs> murder. And then she said, no, no, it's this podcast and it's these two women and they just describe murders to each other and it's the funniest thing ever. And so I started listening to it and then I got obsessed and then I remembered all the stuff I was into. So that was that was my gateway back into, they call it being a murderino. Murderino? Murderino, oh, yeah. I'll take that. 
So two days later, on September 13th, two migrant farm workers discover Rhonda and Kippy's bodies, but it would take several years and eight more victims until authorities discover the identities of the killers, husband and wife, serial rapist and killers, Gerald and Charlene Gallego. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about him first. Gerald Armand Gallego. He was born July 17th, 1946 in Sacramento. He's the son of two career criminals. So he had never met his father, who was Gerald Albert Gallego, basically Gerald Sr., who was doing t- time in San Quentin when Jerry Jr. was born. Um, Gerald Sr. would spend the rest of his life in and out of jail. And in 1955, he had the... Um, the honor of being the first person put to death in Mississippi's brand new gas chamber for murdering two policemen. Oh my God. So that's his dad who he never knew. He is raised by his mother, Lorraine, who is a sex worker on Sacramento's skid row. So, uh, not a great childhood. He spent most of it, um, running errands for pimps and being abused by his mother and her many boyfriends. Um, he's very, he was a very neglected child, very needy, uh, always unwashed, really sad, very yeah. sad. Um, and he starts committing crimes and getting in trouble with the law when he's six years old. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. And um, my favorite murder was launched, uh, in 2016. When did you start listening to it? Um, what year is it now? 2019. So probably a year and a half ago. And what's so great if a podcast has existed for a little while mm-hmm. is that you can what they call binge, yeah. which means I was just listening it to it all the time. I found a thing that the more gruesome a murder is, this is true of all of them, the quicker I fall asleep. This odd thing that happens where I find it so relaxed. It's like, oh my God, that is ghastly. They found a leg in a bin. <laughs> it just sends me, some, something happens which just makes me feel so relaxed. And then I go to sleep. Where do you listen to podcasts? You say they're in, in bed before you go to sleep. In bed to go to sleep every night. So my boyfriend, who wasn't at all into true crime, now the case file is an Australian one. Yeah. And my boyfriend's Australian. And so the sound of his voice, even the spooky, spooky music of it, makes us both go sleepy. So we can't listen to it in the daytime. We'll just, over several nights, we'll listen to it to find out what happens. <laughs> we have to, we realise when we both fell asleep, he's like, I haven't heard this bit. <laughs> okay, go back. So you listen simultaneously then? Yeah, so yeah. we've got the, the phone is on the pillow. Oh. And we both go to sleep. So romantic, it is, isn't, isn't it? it? it is, How yeah. lovely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, case file that you mentioned there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that because I actually hadn't listened to Case File before I yes. saw your recommendation. Yeah. Mm. And um, we talk about the host. Um, it's an Australian show. The host has chosen to remain anonymous, yeah. which makes it even more interesting. So spooky. Yeah, and all and the, all of the episodes are written by different people. So often the writer is credited who's done the research. It's a very, very well-researched podcast. And um, in, and they usually standalone episodes, although they've done some linked ones. They did one about Silk Road, which was mm-hmm. the dark web, which I knew nothing about beforehand. And it's so interesting. And um, like Escape from Alcatraz. And I, I will sometimes look and go, I don't care about... And then it's just done in such a brilliant, like you say, storytelling way. Do you get... I, sometimes when I listen to a podcast about... Something I'm not particularly interested in, I, mm. I think. Afterwards, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, say, for example, with Alcatraz, mm. like, do you afterwards, do you kind of Google, do you kind of want yes. to find out more? Yeah, absolutely, because you have a little bit of information or a lot of information, and then you then realise, oh, I am really interested in it. Traditional prison didn't intimidate rich and renowned career criminals who ruled regional prisons by bribing prison staff, intimidating other inmates, and smuggling information in and out. In response, the United States Department of Justice sought to create the ultimate crime deterrent, a revolutionary prison guarded by incorruptible staff, 
where all inmates were of equal low status and nothing could get in or out. In October 1933, the Department of Justice acquired ownership of Alcatraz Island, a 22-acre rock in the middle of the cold and treacherous waters of San Francisco Bay, California. Located 1.2 miles from the northern shoreline of San Francisco City, the barren sandstone island featured decaying remnants of its 150-year history, including a lighthouse, fortified stone walls, a citadel, and an old military prison. Upon the structural remains of the old military citadel, they constructed a looming fortification of concrete and steel. Encompassed by guard towers, spotlights, chain-link fences, coiled barbed wire, and thick, toolproof steel bars, they designed a revolutionary maximum security federal penitentiary named Alcatraz Prison. The most expensive prison ever built at the time had featured a main cell house with four cell blocks known as A, B, C and D blocks that were three levels higher with a total of 336 prison cells. Alcatraz Prison was the solution to America's overwhelming crime problem. It didn't aim to rehabilitate like other prisons. It aimed to punish. Thanks so much for tuning into the special episode of Castaway. Remember to tune in next Thursday for another edition covering a whole new selection of juicy podcasts. As always, we'd love you to rate, review, follow and subscribe. And I'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.